0: It's like a pizza crunch without the butter How are we doing, people? Welcome back to another episode of Premeditated Pattern with me, your sexy, sexy, sexy host to y Oh, It's been a mad week. Really mad week. Let me just get right into it. Two words. Russell brand. What's going on? What I'm gonna say next, right? I'm gonna be, be careful about my choice of words, right? What I'm gonna say next is based on fact. I'm just going to base this on facts and then accusations. The facts are there's been some serious allegations about Russell Brand came out off the back of our Channel 4 Dispatches documentary. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. You can see it on the All 4 app, I'm sure it is. Serious allegations, making him out he's committed various sexual assaults, rapes, many heinous crimes there's been, a uh, victims come forward, some of them have been granted anonymity, some haven't, they've come over. You've even had Daniel Schloss, the comedian, he came over and spoke on it. And apparently, in regards to Russell Brand, this is a long-running thing. It wasn't just an isolated incident or a couple of incidents. This is meant to have been, have been going on quite a long time. And they highly quite a lot is, a uh, well, he's he stand up in that because that was his character, that was his gimmick. Or was it his gimmick? It was like his personality. He was a sex pest and that, And he was a self admitted sex addict, he did admit that, and a drug addict. I'm saying that's an excuse if these accusations are true. But uh, within that, coming out, I think that came out last Saturday that uh, his YouTube channel has been demonetised, his tour's been cancelled. Uh, I think, with were they working on a book? Something, that basically his career's been fucking destroyed, They've been decimated, and uh, right now you've got a lot of division, as you always do, you've got fucking division with everything, you know what I mean? You've got people on one side and the other, and you get a lot of people on the side of Russell Brand, because in the past year, if he's been following Russell Brand stuff, he's been on various podcasts, he's been doing his own solo podcast, he's left Hollywood, and, eh, uh, he's making a lot of content, pointing out how the elites, are, uh, basically fucking, bleeding the country, how we all the COVID stuff, about, like, fucking, how all this money was going here and there, and, eh, uh, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of the stuff he was saying was bang on, I was right into it, and, right now, I'm going to lay this clear, the stuff he was saying, he done a lot of research, and, bravo to somebody for coming out and saying that, and a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you're next, you're next Russell, because they talk about how Andrew Tate, he's taught about the Matrix, and I they quote unquote, because I'm just quoting him, the Matrix and all that, and, uh, how, it, basically they're kind of singing for the same hymn sheet to a degree, and I agree with a lot of the stuff they're saying, don't get me wrong, but, now these allegations have came out, it's kind of, Left a bad taste in the in that sense. And we are left with we right, we're left with two options here. Both of them are equally terrible. Either Russell Brand has been hitting the nail on the head with the stuff he's been coming out with in the past year. He's been shining a light on all the dodgy goings on by the, the elite, the upper class. Who are intent on creating a new world order and uh, enslaving humanity. And uh he's been kicking up that much yeah, I stink, that they've orchestrated this plot to um to discredit him. That is one of the options. All the other option is he's a sexual predator, he's prayed in woman, been going with 16 year olds, were still in school whilst he was 30. Committed numerous sexual assaults, rapes, all through his career, and this past year has been a kind of smokescreen. Because he's been planning ahead, because he thought his time was coming to an end, so this was almost like a game of chess, where he moved his pawns to the front to protect his king, I don't know. What I can say for sure, right, there's definitely allegations, that's a fact. Are they true? I don't know, there's a lot of them. Apparently Channel 4 Dispatches has went in-depth, but I'll be basing this off the back of one documentary. As far as I know, I And don't get me wrong, I'm no saying I believe anybody here. I, in my God's honest opinion, I hope that the allegations are untrue. I hope, because... If they are to be true, that means many, many women have been victim to this guy. And they haven't been taken seriously, they've been too scared to come forward. And now they are the subject of scrutiny by a lot of people who support brand. That is a worse alternative than if somebody's made this up, in my opinion. But if that's, I'm not saying either or is true. Jamesy Gardner, I'll quote him, Jamesy Cotter on TikTok, go and check him out, he's a really well-read guy, he does his research, and he uh, he's on the side of Russell Brand as a sexual predator, and uh, he, he highlights the fact that with Jimmy Savile, Jeffrey Epstein, these kind of cases, we wouldn't have known about these people if it wasn't for journalism. Which is uh, quite an astonishing fact, when you actually think about it. It was journalism that exposed these monsters. So is Russell Brand just the next monster that's been exposed? See, if you told me this about a couple of years ago about Russell Brand, I would have been like, ah seeing seen that one coming. Fuck's sake, fucking And Only in the past year, don't get me wrong, I never... Years ago, I used to just hate people i seen in the telly. Right? I just hated people. Russell Brandy, I think he's the way he was, I fucking hated him, I read his book in the jail, I think it's his bookie wookie wook, or some shit like that, he's got a mad name like that, I read it, I wasn't sold on him, but I was kind of, I just read it, because, I was in the library, and, when you're in the library, or in like jail, Berlin especially, you've only got a certain amount of time, to get your books, so, I can be quite, I'm shaped with my choice, pretty much, I'm like, what do I go for, but I end up just grabbing, I know him, Grab that and I read it. Then, uh, obviously, as time went on in the past year, he's he's leaning into spirituality and uh, talk about addiction and uh, all that kind of stuff. And obviously, the stuff he's saying about about the elites. And uh, I'm like, oh, fucking hell. I'm really, I'm really connecting with. And I'm like, oh, he's a man of the people. He's not afraid to speak out. So when I heard these allegations, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck's sake, man! I'm like, come on, mate. What the fuck?" And don't get me wrong, it's like, if these allegations are to de- be true, I hope, he's, he meets the long arm of the law and he's punished accordingly. He gets the maximum punishment, because if he's done this, he's a fucking wronging, and fuck him. That's a thing. But I wonder, what like, can somebody be so calculated to, What like, we talk about Andrew Tate, and I'm no, I'm no, eh, uh, defending Andrew Tate. He says a lot of great things about, the like, discipline and hard work and that, aye. His views on women, a bit fucking mental. Don't really agree with him. But what happened with Andrew Tate is, uh you get accused of sex trafficking, He got all these charges, lied against him, spent six months in jail. He's, is this? He, he might still be in house arrest, or he's either just came off house arrest. One of the two. Anyway, he's not been, has he been formally charged? I don't know if he's been formally charged or if he's gone to court. It's still early in the case of proceedings. He's no been at trial, he's not been convicted of that. So, when he got the jail, or when he was charged, whatever, that was uh, that was his kind of defence that of, I've been set up by the Matrix. This is because I'm saying all oh, this kind of stuff. You're like, know, ah, right, okay. But me watching his interviews, and I understand things can be edited, to look a certain way, some of the stuff I watched, I don't know, it, to me, it wasn't so much what he said in the edit, it was how he says it, like when he speaks about women, or he speaks about how like, women, men can go with as many women as they want, women need to I remain loyal to one man and that kind of stuff, and he, uh, strikes me as quite the controlling type, It strikes me as very insecure, very, very insecure, posting photos of these Lambos or these motors and that, and don't get me wrong, he's done very well, he's got a lot of money. And, like, see these videos of where he's sparring the guy in his living room, but he's clearly better than the guy, obviously he's, like, a, so many times world champion, and he's sparring this fucking guy, this cunt, this cunt in his living room, and he's battering the guy, you have like ah, what is, what are you hoping to gain here by fighting somebody that you could clearly batter? And for me, that screams insecurity. He's overcompensating. And I'm talking about, it. you read into these things because deep down, he's not content with himself, and maybe that's the stuff that's happened in the past. He's suffered a lot of rejection. You see, there was actually quite a a famous clip. It was on a show when he was very very young, and he was rejected by this woman, and a lot of people were sharing that and saying, "No, oh, this is where it all began," and all that kind of thing, and that's possibly true. Because, wasn't he the most handsome guy? And if he didn't have the money, or if he wasn't the person he is now, he, he screams confidence and that that loud, brash confidence that with his character, a lot of that's kind of telltale signs of insecurity. And that's why I think he needs to have control over women or his women, so to speak. So I think to myself, what? Like, if he's in a situation behind closed doors, off camera, where a woman that he's trying to control, and she's the type that doesn't want to be controlled, or in this instance, she's like, nah, you're "No, you're not doing it." I wonder how he would act. What his reaction would be? Would he be aggressive? Personally, I think aye. To me, it looks. As I say, never met the guy. I'm basing this off what I've seen online. And don't get me wrong, I think a lot of the stuff he does not the like podcast, interviews and that, there's an act to it. It's that kind of... controversy sells, is what I'm trying to say. But also, I feel it's not a complete act. I think it's aspects of his character that he's exaggerating. So... When he was charged, a lot of people, well, some people, I didn't really see it so much online, but some people in conversation that, they were like Do you know I think? This is the perfect ploy. Like, if he was doing what he's accused of being doing, then saying all this stuff online about a matrix, about how they're out to get him, how he's going to get suicided and all that, it's like, surely he might have seen this coming. And... He's a great chess player, it was possible that was the case, he was calculated, but uh, we look at Russell Brand, cos if we compare Russell Brand and Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate only really got big in the past year, really get big, like fucking blew up to the point of where he was fucking everywhere. I would say within the past year, that's when that kind of happened. Russell Brand started the kind of speaking out against the elite and all that, and all this kind of stuff, probably within the past year or all. So, did the two of them have the same idea? Because surely Russell Brand wasn't able to look at what Andrew Tate was doing and go, oh, that's a good idea, I'm a fucking sex offender. This can act as a security blanket if I ever ever have to face the music. I can say, look, I'm getting set up. Uh, the timelines don't really match up for him to be able to do that. So did he have the same idea as Andrew Tate? Maybe. And maybe, is there more people that's doing that? You know, it's like, if they compare Kevin Spacey well he went to court, he was acquitted and that kind of thing But there was a fucking fuck ton of allegations against him And don't get me wrong When uh, I watched House of Cards I thought I that was greatest before the accusations came out And I watched him um, When he, the accusations came out He, he, he was in character If you seen the film and he was playing Frank Underwood And he was basically saying I can't really remember the lines he was saying But he was playing the character basically saying he'll be back and all that and I watched it like mm, it's a fucking bit seedy, a bit weird, and I've read a lot about Kevin Spacey in that, and uh, about these allegations, so to speak. And there's quite a lot, and it's like, is Hollywood just a fucking big cesspit of fucking sex offenders? Harvey Weinstein, you yeah, I mean, Bill Cosby, you had Kevin Spacey, you had Russell Brand, you fucking fuck knows who else. It's like, and you remember, like, Hollywood is a seedy place. When you grow up, you're watching these Hollywood films in Hollywood. It's like, that's the dreamland, that's the Babylon. But you hear of, like, Drew Barrymore being, like, fucking a child taking drugs in Hollywood. They'd be in rooms at parties and that and naming fucking, was it River Phoenix and all of them? Of mad fucking addicts and their children. And you're like, ah, oh, what the fuck? What is going on with these cunts? And it's... It's like looking, I don't know why somebody's no made a fucking si- a series at this, or a film, or, like, this is fucking a story in itself, obviously, nobody's gonna make a film about that, because it's not gonna get to Hollywood, because it's all about them, and it's all about the fucking, the CD shit that's going on behind the scenes, but, eh, uh... It's a fucked up thing. It's fucking mental. Why is it? Why do people not just enjoy acting or making music without having to touch concert? What is it fucking? Why is it? Why does it need to be bath? Why don't you just fucking be a creative? Surely, I don't know, it's like being in that upper echelon of fame, you're gonna have that attention but yet you still hear this shit or is it that thing where because you're so famous you develop a sense of entitlement that ego thing where I am who I am I'm, I'm the star you'll give me what I want and when I want it it's fucking mental and as I say if anybody is truly guilty of any of these accusations libelled against them I fucking hope they get punished severely for it they should throw away the key because we need less of these cunts on the fucking earth really what I'm talking about and it's right now it's like fucking you look at the percentage of like rape sexual assaults and that how many of them happen and how many actually result in convictions and we're not even including the convictions that are false because they do happen I'm not saying that's a majority that's a fucking obviously a minority, they do happen, but it's just, like, fucking, it's one of the most heinous crimes that can be committed, yet, the police, for whatever reason, there's obviously many reasons in it, with corroboration, and one word against the other, and that, man, but it just seems to be that the victim is also treated like a perpetrator as well, which stops people speaking up, and just let it be, and, that's, and accepting it, and it's fucking no one. You've got these fucking wrongings that are just They don't fear the law, they don't fear the repercussions Which they should Because if we compare it, right It's a comparison, I'm not trying to justify crimes here, right If we look at somebody that ends up in a fight Two guys end up in a fight One gets barred, guy's getting barred Pulls out a knife, stabs other guy, kills him Horrible, horrible, horrible outcome. One guy's lost his life, two guys have lost their life. One has died, Man's going to spend many, many years in prison. Families are affected. The trauma, the ripple effect of that trauma, it fucking it expands. But if we look at that, right, it's like we can see, right, as much as we don't condone it, we can understand how that happened. Somebody could argue he was defending his cell Somebody could argue he was getting barred, this and that He had a knife he shouldn't have I'm sure the person that used that knife in this situation This is just a hypothetical scenario, but this happens fucking all the time Sure that person regrets that Fuck It was just a moment of madness They'd done it Maybe they're not a killer Cos most people that are convicted of murder aren't killers Now Understand when I say that They have killed somebody so, yes, by definition, they are a killer. But deep down, they aren't murderers. That is not in their nature to kill somebody. It was nearly me. I was fucking so close. At one point when I was 17, That would fucking done what I'd done. I've, I was lucky. Both of us were lucky that somebody was obviously watching over that scenario and stopped that for fucking being fatal. Thank fuck. But I can understand, there's people who's doing 15 years in the jail for stabbing somebody in the leg. And you think, if you're really out there to murder somebody, to take somebody's life, are you going to try and stab them in the leg? You know what I mean? So, if we look at these scenarios, right? Because we see murder as the most heinous crime you can commit. And I'm not no refuting that. If you've took somebody's life, then you've deserved... within. The circumstances, if the circumstances show that you've taken somebody's life unlawfully, then deals where you're going to go, that's fair enough, I can't argue with that. But we can look at factors that surround these things and go at right, there's mitigation here, maybe a bit of provocation here, there's reason, not saying the reason was substantiated, the reason was just, but you can go at right, you've made a mistake. And you're paying for that mistake, there's no way out of it, but you made a fucking big mistake. I've never known of somebody to, to accidentally rape somebody. I've never really known anybody to rape somebody. I've never known them. What I mean, I don't know any person has done it, Fine, fuck. I would unknow them after that. But, to do something like that, or people who commit crimes against children, that's something in your nature. You don't accidentally touch up a fucking child or do these things, it's no fucking by accident. How the f***, you know what I mean? There's something in you that wanted to do that. So, how do we look at these crimes and say they're not as severe as other crimes that have elements of provocation or elements of reason? And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying when I talk about the Comparison between people Who's committed murders and that I'm not saying in every circumstance There is reason Some people are just fucked in the nut And they're just They're savages Like I'm not talking about the people I'm talking about Quite probably the majority of people That just never meant it They made a mistake And I'm not saying Just because they made a mistake It's no their fault It is their fault But The outcome isn't what they desired So how can we say these These sexual offences Aren't as serious To me You should fucking lock them up and throw away the key. It's like I don't walk down the street and worry a guy's going to pull out a knife and murder me. Randomly. I don't need to walk... Be part to walk into a lane in case I'm going to get murdered. Stabbed. Fuck it. Usually if I'm worried about getting stabbed or attacked, it's because there's a reason behind it. Know what I mean? But women walk about and worry... They can't walk home themselves. They can't walk about the tune at night because there's predators out there. And you walk in groups. get any taxis. Taxi driver could be a predator. You never know. See, so, there's always that element of danger and you don't know who's actually a fucking sex offender until they've fucking done the deed or attempted to. And I remember, this is how some of these cunts fucking minds work. I used to work in the, it was called the PT Pass in Pullman. So, basically, you worked in the gym, like a gym orderly. And you would have sessions where the protections would come down, the sex offenders, and protections, usually, I would just leave. I wouldn't stay in the gym, I'd go away. But on this instance, there was a gym inspection the next morning. So, basically, they would come down and inspect the cleanliness list of the gym. So, we would need to make sure the gym was clean. So, we had to stay down and make sure, and clean the gym the day before and uh, the protections came down and I remember two of them were arguing, right? One was a, obviously, a sex offender and the other was a protection case, so what would happen was you'd get protections that are basically, oh, somebody maybe got a few enemies in the jail and he doesn't know how to fight when He goes up to protection or somebody ends up in debt with somebody else and they go to protection, so people can go to protection for, or they can be a grass and go to protection. There could be any number of reasons, right? If you're a sex offender, you're a sex offender, you just go there. So, in that hall, you'll find that some of the protections they don't associate with the sex offenders or they limit association, but because there's that part of them that still feels that kind of morality where what you've done is fucking wrong. I may be in the same hall as you, but you're a fucking wronging. So, uh, I remember. There was a protection case and a sex offender, and they were arguing. And what the basis of the argument was that the sex offender was arguing that he wasn't a sex offender because he was in for an attempted rape. He was in for an attempted rape. So he's like, ah, I never raped her. It was only an attempt. Another guy was like, ah, so fuck, you still done it. And it was like, that's when it kind of on me, I'm like, it's strange. It's like you think, even at that. To me, listening to that, well, that's fucking bewildering. And you listening to me telling that story, that story is one hundred percent true. You hearing that story, probably, At what? Some of these cunts think like that. What are you meant to do for that? I'll tell you the fucking straight, the cunt. We'll do it again. And. Uh, it's fucking... It's a fucking mental thing. It's a mad, mad, mad thing. And that's all you're hearing nowadays, but I suppose... I would rather hear somebody being ousted these days than people keeping it quiet. So, with the thing with Russell Brand is, as much as I'd love to believe it isn't true, because of the stuff he's been saying, I, I connected with a lot of stuff he used to say, and that, I don't get me wrong, I would have said, ah, maybe I was a converted fan up until recently. No... It's like, I'm still kind of like that, right? I try to keep an open mind about it, but at the same time as well, if I'm going to sway, I'm not going to side with Russell Brand, because when you look at the evidence, there's some people you can look at. Like If we look at Mike Tyson and his, his case, there was one incident where he was accused of rape, where he was at the height of his fame, he was in a very vulnerable position by people that were just trying to get money at him. And you look at that, and I'm like oh, right, there's a lot of possibility that was fabricated, same as Tupac. But when you've got multiple people, and I think in the case of uh, he was getting a, a 16-year-old picked up and driven to his house for sex, and I think he's admitted this, and I'm like that. Oh, right, even that, I think he's ad- admitted this, and it's like, that alone is enough to be like ah. Oh, see you later pal so regardless of whether it's 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 the sexual allegations are true which there is a few of them and apparently they've came from multiple sources Then you've got a lot of stuff where when he was at channel 4 and he was on the radio and that kind of thing where there was allegations and that brought forward but they weren't they weren't they investigated there was a whole load of shit so on that note if it's true, then hell mend them. It deserves to get every punishment given to him. And as for any kind con- that that's guilty of doing this kind of thing. But I hope the truth does come out. I hope the truth does come out. And uh, rather than it's this kinda of back and forth. But anyway, on to my next point. So I'll leave that one in kind the roof. Can I say my piece on that? Recently, I had my first boxing exhibition. I had my first boxing match. Aye. So that was Saturday as well, same night. Russell Brand's fucking allegations came in. Fuck sake, man! <laughs> but uh, so as good as if many's have been following like my social media journey and that kind of thing. You see, I had a fight. I've been sponsored by Kinup Gym, uh, based in Portman Street in sestock uh, in Glasgow. I've been training in there, and uh, basically, I got offered a fight. It was under SK Promotions. He just said, do you want a fight? And I was like, ah, fuck it, why not?" I've always wanted a fight. I used to do boxing when I was like 16. 15, 16, I was still in school. I've done it for a year. And I always wanted a fight, but I never go one. And then I just end up leaving it. And uh, when I left it, I, it was always in the back of my mind. Like, I fucking wish I went and go a fight. Wish I'd done that. And uh, I was always in my head I wanted to date. See, recently, in the past few years, I've been that kind of way. I've been kicking about like a bear with a sore head. So I went, oh, I couldn't fight." Ready, ready for a fight, <coughs> pardon me, and, you're only going to walk about, framed for a fight, for a certain amount of time, before somebody takes you up on your offer, you walk about like that long enough, you're eventually going to bump into yourself, and as much as I'm uh, fucking, because I was just for of like, rage and aggression, and all that kind of stuff man, and it was like, do I really want a fight in the street, I don't, because see me, I've got, with well, a violent charge in my previous and anybody that understands the Scottish judicial system will understand that there's a thing called Section 23D so if you get charged with an offence that is similar to a previous conviction you're automatically refused bail so effectively if I get into a fight in the street I'm going straight back to jail I'm not getting bail. my arse isn't hitting the ground, and I don't want to go back to jail and if anybody's thinking about going to jail and that waste of time you learn nothing. It will be the worst experience of your life, and you'll take fuck all from it. The only thing you'll take from it is not to come back to jail. So avoid all that. Listen to me. Don't go to jail. So when I get back into boxing, I was just getting it. I was looking for a kind of physical challenge. Like I've been doing bodybuilding since I was like fucking fourteen, and uh, I've been doing it that long. It's like it's got to a point. I've kind of achieved all my goals. I wanted to achieve. I wanted the reason I got into bodybuilding. I get stabbed. I get stabbed when I was 14. I get stabbed like three times in the fucking half an older cunt. And uh, my brother started taking me to the gym. So when I was 17, I got four and a half years for an attempted murder. That's when I was like, all right. I realised I had like three years I had to serve out of that in Poland. And I was like, all right. When I get out of here, I want to have something to show for this. So I'm going to hit the gym. My to go fucking packing this big fucking sidewalk-cracking motherfucker, as, as C.T. I would say. So that was it, I just started time in the gym, I was dedicated, got a job in the gym and that. I fucking smashed it, and I did dig out a good size, but I had this kind of... I developed this kind of passion for it. So when I get released for that sense in 2013, I was 20, I immediately got a gym membership, and that was me in there, I was on like tours a day and all that. I uh, went on the steroids, done steroids, jags, fucking jagging my shoulders and all that, jagging my biceps. Taking tablets and all, I was fucking up. That's the thing you realise about me. I am an extremist in every way, shape and form. People talk about addiction, right? I was a drug addict for many, many years. I'm an addict in any capacity you wish to mention, because people go, I oh, know, how am I still an addict? I'm half for drugs. I'm not a drug addict. I am an addict. I'm a passion addict. I'm a gym addict. I can I'm a fucking food addict. Anything that I can uh, develop an interest in is is an addiction. And I love that about me. I would never change it for the world because a lot of people struggle to find motivation and consistency. I can find it. It's something that comes to me quite naturally. Don't get me wrong. It seems that they struggle, but I've got that part of my character where I can knuckle down and fucking get headfirst into something. So, uh, I. As I say with the bodybuilding that I was just reaching a plateau, I was getting, I was just going through the motions in the gym, and I was just like, I was struggling to maintain the motivation because I was like, ah, "What am I doing this for?" I've been big. Don't get me wrong, I go to the gym for my mental health, not my physical health. See, if it was all about physical health, I'd have fucking patched it long ago. Well, I go in for the mind, and it helps with creativity and that as well. Just helps clear up all the clutter need. So uh, I started when I was getting going to Kinnock. And I was doing like circuits, they do circuits and that kind of thing. The body weight exercises, you do sparring, you hit the bag and all that kind of stuff. Really fucking push it to your limit. Push it past your limit. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed uh, fucking just getting pushed a different, a, a different challenge. I would leave it feeling elated, man. It was just, it was like, you left nothing in there. Well, you left everything in there, you know what I mean? And you came out with nothing because you, you put in fucking untold, work into it, so I started enjoying that, and as I started getting into cardio, and that kind of thing, and I started really enjoying the cardio, more. so I got offered a fight, We cannot, and I was like, ah, fuck it, why not, and uh, as I was training for it, I started getting into the sparring, and see when I'd done the sparring at first, I sparred years ago, so it'd been a while since I've really been in a fight, so the sparring was good, the sparring is a great humbler, because you can be, fucking amazing on it you can be Floyd Mayweather slash Mike Tyson slash Roy Jones Jr. on the bag you jump in the ring man you're lucky if you're 10% as good in the ring as you're on the bag lucky actually if you're lucky it's just having that that a thing where you're actually got somebody flinging punches back you can have a bag take a break you can fan it about somebody's coming at you man you've not know, got that time to do that And plus you've got that thing here, you've got that element of danger You've not got an element of danger to the same degree when you're doing a bench press or a squat. I mean, you've got somebody coming at you, man, you need to be on form. So, the first few sparring sessions, they were very humbling because I was like, fuck, thank fuck I never go in a fight in the street because I would I get fucking lettered. But that was good, it was great, it was good getting in there, man, and just, because not everybody gets to experience that, that element of danger and that when you go and you actually fight somebody and it's, it's in a controlled environment. Well, I mean, you can learn about yourself, you can learn about what you can put out and all that, man, it's, it's, it's fucking a really great thing. Don't get me wrong, getting punched in the head isn't a great thing. So, that's when I kind of was like, ah, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to make a thing of this. Because I was getting punched in the head, I was taking- I would, I'm the kind of person, right? I can hit somebody just normal. I've not really got the same motivation to fight until somebody punches me in the face. Soon somebody hits me all bets are off, I'm, somebody hits me once, I hit them twice. Man, for two back, man, jail rules, you know what I mean? But, uh Aye, that's what I'm like, man, so... And that's no really sustainable in the boxing world. You need to get punched before you fight. You know what I mean? Maybe you get a good punch and get fucking rocked, which happened a few times. So... uh I, I got into it. Uh, I took. I was getting punched in the head and fucking... That's the thing as well. See, my nose? This is people talk about my nose, right? So when I get punched in the nose, my teeth become sensitive. Like, see, like, after sparring, see if I blow my nose, my teeth feel like they're about to fly out. I don't know why. Everybody I see you is like, ah, I don't know if it's a fucking nerve or some fucking shit. But my, my nose is just fucked, which it is. So I was kind of like, ah, quite soon in the sparring, like, ah, you know what? I think I'm going to be one and done. I think I'll just do the one. But, eh, uh, the way I looked at it, usually I would look at things, like, in terms of a fight. Like, ah, right, I'll do this one, and then I'll do another one, and then get a few, and I'll be knocking cunts out. Sorry, just need to make sure that's all right. And uh, I was like, we fucking knocking concert, And And uh, then that's when I kind of realised, listen mate, you can't ride two horses with one arse. Fucking slow down. Just don't think past this fight. Treat it like your last. And that's what they say a lot of boxers, you need to treat every fight like your last. So what I did, I just knuckled down. Train like fuck. Ate decent. Still had the odd cheap meal now. I wasn't eating like a pure monk, but... I ate well, and uh, then they didn't call water going up to the fucking camps, she's going to be down the door, Ryan, jumping in fucking waterfalls and all that, and uh, the week of the fight, I was fucking knocking my work, I work in student accommodation, and every month they got like 20 Domino's pizzas, so they put on events for the students and they'll get pizzas in, but usually because I work in the office, we get a couple of pizzas for ourselves, and uh, got Domino's pizzas, and I was like, no chance, fish and rice, I was fucking raging, but I was like, it was something about that. See if Envy's ever done any form of combat sports at all, when you've been training for something like that, or even dying seeing you're knocking back stuff like that. The, that feeling just when you know you're fucking, you're, no take, you're taking the hard option. I mean, you're not something back. You're delaying gratification. There's no better feeling, so I was training like fuck. I wasn't missing a gym session, man. I was fucking, I was, in a lot of it was, I was developing that mental fortitude when I was like, right, I was getting in my head with Meditating and all of that, fucking doing that visualisation and that. the time I got to the fight on Saturday, I was, I was ready for a war. I was, I was ready to go on to day battle, man, I was like ah, it's Because that's the kind of mindset you need to get in, because... End of the day, the person you're getting in with there, as much as it's... Three, two minute rounds, you saw fellow gyms, everybody knows each other. In there, man, somebody's got to try and help you. So I'm I fucking getting battered in front of a room for the people. So, uh, when I go to the fight day, I was fucking ready. I was, all the preparation had been done. And that's what they say, like Nico Carillo had in the podcast. Previously, he says, the fight is won weeks before you step in the ring. Through the discipline, the sacrifice, the exercise, the diet. So when you are get in there, you're fucking, you're ready. And that's, I totally understood that. Obviously, he's at a fucking, he's a level that's fucking... ...miles above mine, but it's still, still the same kinda, still kinda, say, kinda same focus, kinda same mindset, kinda same attitude, you know what I mean, cause it's living your day. Obviously there's nerves, because for me every time I've been in a fight, it's been, fight, arguing with somebody, whatever's happened. Never been in a fight where I've had six weeks, or fucking a few months to prepare for it, cause it's in your head. All these scenarios and possibilities, so. There is nerves, but I, class it. I don't the really class them as nerves, I, look, I identify him as excitement. We must interrupt this podcast for a breaking announcement. There has been numerous reports in the area of a beauty bomb ready to glow up. And it's gonna blow away you beauty therapists one appointment at a time. Why? Do you conduct business correspondence with clients via DMs? Are you sick of late cancellations costing you money? Do you just wish you could provide your service without worrying if the client has the cash at hand? Oh, I need to go to the bank. Well, I have a solution to your confusion. Oh, it was a service that aims to alleviate the stress involved between a client and a technician booking their appointments. Glowout makes it easy for clients to see appointments, to book them, and to pay. It takes deposits and it gets late cancellation fees, which means you won't lose out in any money. Clients can pay by card or using Apple Pay. Glowout is also partnered with payment processor Stripe. Glowout also helps you manage your bookings easily by using your calendar. The busier you get, the more stressful it is to keep track of who you've actually got coming in and when. Glowout will help you do that. On Glowout, you'll also be able to show off your portfolio, showing off your previous work so clients can check out what you've done in the past. It will also be implementing a feature in the very, very near to be future which will connect to your Instagram profile page. You will also be featured on the Glowout website. You'll be visible to potential clients in the local area. You'll also have access to your own admin panel where you can see your account balance, generate reports, and turn your hobby into a business. Glowout is basically eat for beauty appointments. Can't beat the convenience, can you? The mobile app for iOS and Android is coming soon. But in the meantime, for $5.99 a month, you will have access to all these features. But if you sign up using 50 promo code, you will get the first three months free. You can't like that for a bargain, can you? Give your business the glow up. It needs to blow up and glow up. Before you glow out. saw so I class nerves as excitement. I don't really. I used to get that in CV as nerves, you get nervous. You class it as excitement, it's energy. And you can use that energy to help the performance. A book I was reading Diary of a CEO. Get this fucking book. You might achieve anything in life, whether it's business, whether it's passion. Get this. This talks about it. where stress is like your body's natural motivator. You think about it... Back in like fucking... Fae, the dawn of humanity... the fucking... The caveman era... All the way through... When you used to hunt... You're hunting your food... That's stressful... It's the stress that motivates you... To capture that kill... Because if you don't... You're going to starve... That fear... And that's the thing... That's how fear can be healthy... It's using your fear as a... As a tool... Because if We, we use the kind of hunting analogy... Just stress. you've not got food, you get your family. You're gonna die if you don't eat. Stress, fear, and you see, like fucking whatever the fuck you used to hunt back then. Fucking pigs, whatever the fuck it was. Something fast anyway, deer and shit like that. You would hunt it, it would try and get away, but you'd be motivated by fear. If I don't catch this, I might die, I might starve to death. And it's the stress that helps fuel you, even though you're starving. You've got fuck all the energy in it, it's that, that is your body's natural motivator. Don't get me wrong, Fear can be used incorrectly and can be detrimental to performance, but it's learnt to identify it, like, when I had fear of that fight, and I did have fear, but fear, I was able to use that and motivate myself, like, as I said, the discipline, the diet. Oh, I'm cutting out this pizza. Cos if I eat this pizza, that means I'm giving myself less chance of performing great on Saturday. That guy isn't doing this. It's doing shit that the opponent isn't doing jumping in a fucking waterfall at seven in the morning, it's freezing cold, in their bed. Well, i me be training every day. I'm out there, I'm doing that extra mile. I'm doing that extra couple of reps, that extra round. Cos he's not doing it. It's all a mindset thing. So that's what happens when you talk about when you get to the Saturday, you're primed, you're ready to fucking go, you're ready to fucking kill, and you're ready to die, because that's the thing, it's like, if you want to knock somebody out, you need to be willing to be knocked out as well, or accept the fact you can be knocked out. Uh, I mean, it's a trade-off. It's not the fact that you need to get knocked out, it's just the fact you need to be willing to fight. You need to be willing. So once you can uh, open yourself up to that, The fear kind of dissipates as well because it's like a fear of failure that they're talking about failure like the higher your failure rate equates to the higher your success rate is. That applies to any area of life especially boxing. You need to hit to be getting hit and understand the art of boxing is to hit and not be hit. But if you're not willing to be hit and if you retreat you're not likely to engage whereas if you go right he can hit me I'm going to try and dodge it but I can take a hit. Or I'd be willing to take a punch in order to get this combo or this hitting. That's where true success lies, or it can lie. So for me, I was getting I was primed, I was fucking ready for fucking war. So when I stepped in, I arrived at the venue. I found out that my opponent of the day had pulled out that morning. So uh, I was like, alright, what does that mean? So they'd actually found me a replacement. But because it was a last minute replacement, it meant the fight. Was now changed to an exhibition. What that meant was that there wouldn't be a winner declared regardless of how the bout went. So, fair play, this guy stepped in. I think I was like 10 kilo heavier than him and like a wee bit taller than him. So, already I had an, ad- an advantage. And uh, they told me before it, like, listen, you're better than the guy, just take it easy. So, uh, I went in like, fair dues, man. And, uh, but I still prepped, so I was like, that. I'm not giving this guy any second chances because that's what they say. Take it easy, then you go in. He tries to not get rid of. But no, then they say, to I thought it, listen, just don't fucking demolish the guy. And uh, I went in, man, and fair play to the guy. The guy came out, came out swinging. And uh, I just took my time, man. I just, that was the thing. It was about having fun because it's how you re identify these things. It's like, for me, I could have looked at it as a negative thing. Oh, because usually I'm like, oh, I just got this out of the way, get it done, then it's done. But no, enjoy the moment, savour it. Because as I say, I don't know when I might fight again, if I might fight again. So I've been enjoying that moment, man, and once you've learned to re-identify it, look, it's fun. Have a bit of fun. That's when you open yourself up to much more positive energy to flood in here. So I went in, I just, I done exactly what I'd been training today, just took my time, because in there, you gas out fucking quite quickly. I did it anyway, because all the weight I've got on me, because the male muscles, the bigger muscles you've got, the mere oxygen you need to draw into them man so you can fucking gas out quicker oh, if you look like at Paul Cost in UFC a prime example so er uh, I went in, took my time man fucking jabbed away I had that jab advantage so that worked what a treat but uh, a few times he caught me and I was like, ah, reasons right. he caught me I'm like, alright you're getting it back so er uh, we thought it was a decent enough fight I, I definitely took the fight without a shadow of a doubt near the end, the end there'll be a bit of a black eye in it and uh, then the fight came to an end and obviously it was good to clear a draw as such, which was fine, which was good which was good, it took the pressure off as well so it was good for a first fight man, but I enjoyed it man it was great then eh uh, it was after it came in, awe, going and getting a shower, sitting watching the rest of the boxing, it was great man because boxing is, is a ball of anxiety that's all it is, it's kind of like being on the man it's kind of like see when you're on remand anybody that's ever been on remand will understand this when you're on remand one minute you're like oh, fuck I'm on remand I'm in the jail I'm gonna get a cunt to a sentence I'm fucked Then the next minute you're like oh, quick, I might get it but a chance will get it and that's and you don't know the outcome and to be honest you don't really get any control so you're kind of fluctuating between you through mind And it's says about it a fucking it's mental turmoil that's what it is but uh with boxing, you're preparing for a fight, man. It's kind of you're like, I'm gonna smash this cunt, and then parties like, that. fuck, it, what if I get smashed? What if this cunt's after your little gladiator? And uh, and it's kind of, like and I suppose it's in the boxing sense, you get well, you've got all the control because you train, you eat, you diet, and that's what helps install that discipline. Because seeing it runner last week, if I didn't have a fight and I got offered three Domino's pizzas, I would have ate three Domino's pizzas, no questions asked because I had that fight, I had that motivator, that fear, that, uh that allowed me to sustain discipline. And, uh I had a great night after it, went out to the that. Uh, I don't drink of that, man, so it was great. Shite being the designated driver, but, but, uh, it was great. getting out, socialising, man, and, uh, driving in, getting a wee McDonald's and gone, and just, it was, it was bliss. It was great then. I had a few days. That was Saturday night. Uh this is... New Wednesday, I'm back to work the night. But I had a few days after, and I ate what like a fucking Trojan, man. Oh my God, man. Fucking shit. Yesterday I had a Chinese and a pizza. I've just been eating shite. see, because I've been doing the discipline. Don't get me wrong, I'm back to the healthy eating today, man. Fuck that, i felt terrible the past few days. But uh, what I really enjoyed most about the preparing for the fight was preparing for the fight. The discipline, the working out. They go and try new things. They try to get better. Perfecting your technique and that. Uh, that's what I enjoyed the most. And don't get me wrong, the fight went well. It was a great experience to have. But right now, I'm no in a rush to get back in. That no saying I'll never get back in. I'm definitely going to continue the training and try and get better. But it takes a lot of mental focus, the old boxing. It takes a lot of mental focus preparing for a fight. Because there was a lot of stuff. I was trying not to fucking spin too many plates at once there because I had to remain focused but now I've got the fight done I've got a few things I've got a mockumentary planned that i get filmed that's my next project and that's what it's all about it's always having these projects because I realise with that Tyson Fury talks about it see the journey it's all about the journey the destination it's not always what you think it's going to be it's the journey's where where it's at so you need to enjoy the journey that's what they say. Yeah, uh, a great saying, a great quote. I fucking love it. The man who enjoys walking will travel further than the man who enjoys the destination. And it's true. It's true. When you enjoy the journey and you don't really focus on the destination, set a destination, but don't get too hung up on it. Just enjoy the journey, man. You'll get a lot more out of it. And that's what I realised. Like even in the gym, when well, I would be in the gym doing a circuit and it would be an hour long class, I'd be like, right. Fucking can't wait till this is done, 45 minute left, right, halfway through, halfway no come on, nearly there, 15 minutes left. You're working towards the finish, that time is always going to come. The finish line isn't going to disappear, finish line's going to be there, especially when you're time-restricted. But see, if I enjoy that hour, if I use that hour, I'm going to get, like... That time, 7 o'clock is always going to, whatever fucking time the class finishes, that time's always going to come, there's nothing going to stop that or get in the way, time's not going to stop, but if I focus on getting the best out of this session, just focus on the bag in front of me, the exercise I'm doing, whatever, then I'll get the best out of this session, and that's when I realised it's focus on the task in front of you, just get the best out of that task, don't fucking worry about, I need to do this, be the moron, I need to get this done by this time, fuck all that, Fuck time restrictions, man. Because if you restrict something, do you think restricting something is going to get the best out of it? I'm talking about. It. Why would you want to restrict potential? You want to exploit it, expand it. I'm talking about. So I've learned that quite a lot, and see, there has been markers previously that has led me to this school of thought, but boxing. Preparing for a fight. I've learned so much. That I've been able to apply. As I say. Following that journey. The discipline. And it's having that goal in mind. Because having a goal. Allows you to stay on track. As if I don't have a goal. I fucking can go left or right. I've not got a destination. It's like driving a motor. Or riding a bike. You've got nowhere to go. You just fucking float about. You've got a destination. you focused man. So. after back of that one fight and See. SK promotions, they're actually doing a thing, if you've got no boxing experience, they're doing a thing now for their next promotion, they'll take you in, they'll train you up, and they'll, you'll get a fight at the end of it, I fucking urge you to do it, just try it, you're not going to die, you're not going to get brain damage, you're going to put in against somebody that's of similar ability to you, it's three two minute rounds, six minutes, six fucking minutes, I've had longer wanks, seriously, try it, You'll learn so much about yourself. Don't just look at it as a boxing match. Look at it. What can you learn about yourself or what can you develop in yourself? Because the potential, the unlocked potential in yourself, fucking worlds beyond what you think it is. You know what I mean? Just to end, it's all about self-belief. But even at that, self-belief is just a part. You don't need to be fully, say, I believe I'm going to do this and do that and do this. Just be willing to believe. Willingness. Willingness is much easier than belief. Trust me. Just be willing to believe. Go ah, Fuck it, I'm going to try it. Fuck it. Fuck it used to be the bane of my life. Fuck it, I'll go and have a drink tonight. Fuck it, I'll just have a line of gear. Fuck it. And it it used to fuck me up because I fucked it. No. Redefining fuck it and making it work for you redefine it, make it positive. End of the day, one of these days, you've got to be dead. You've no control over that day. You can try your best. You can take all the potions, eat all the food, take all the fucking vitamins or the exercise, and you can do all that and get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow. It can happen to any of Know what I mean? Life isn't guaranteed, but death is. So, how do we redefine our attitude towards that? Live it like it's your last. It is your last, it's your only. This this life isn't your last, it's the only one you've ever had and only the only one you ever will have. So, what do you want a day? Maybe boxing is your thing? Try something, jiu-jitsu, golf, fucking anything. Try it. Just because you try something doesn't mean you need to sacrifice your fucking being for it. Or boxing, I had one fight there. Previously, I may have been like, oh, I could have been a boxer. Where would I be now? No, I've done it. I'm like, ah, you know what? I don't fancy getting punched in and sparring. No saying I'll never do it again, but. No, I mean, that's no fucking a. A long-term goal i want to pursue. Something that I enjoy. I've learned a lot of it. I've taken a lot of it. But I'm glad to have ticked it off and done it. Most likely we'll do it again, but. There's no immediate plans to date. But having done that. Is so, so much better. It's just it's alleviated so much for me and it's plus it's put a lot more things into, into clarity because now I'm like ah, right what do I want to do because when I done the boxing train there I was like oh, maybe I could just get back into the boxing and then 31 just starts smashing cons and then I'm like ah you know what that's a lot it takes a lot and fair play to anybody that is a boxer or any kind of combat sports you need to be fucking mad for it nearly be past it because you're giving away as lot as as well as getting a lot. And you're not even guaranteed. You're guaranteed to take all the damage. But you're not guaranteed to fucking reach the heights. And everybody wants to reach the top. So. I'm glad that I've done it. But now it's putting the focus. I want to create. I want to direct. I want to make stuff. That's what I want to do. So it's, it's redefined my focus. So. In my parting words of wisdom. And I hope you've taken a lot for this podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Right before, I was like, I oh, fucking hell! I hope I can string out a fucking couple of sentences on this. feel I've fucking talked quite well. What do you think? That uh, Have a serious think. Meditate my words. What is it that you've done in your life? I always wanted to do in your life that you've put off. Because see, if there's a fucking element in your being that wanted to try something, try it. Try it. Just try it. You don't need to become it. Just try it. Do I done. You know what I mean, when I was fucking 15, 16, I was fucking, I wanted to be a boxer, then fell away for it. And I always lived with that. Like, fucking, where would I be now if I still stuck at that? I'd probably have a lot less brain cells, which is fucking saying something. And I like my brain cells and my teeth. You know what I mean? I put them in equally good use, I'd say. So uh, I'll keep my brain cells and my teeth, but now I've ticked that off. It feels good. But have a wee think on it, man. And don't be afraid to pursue something. Even if everybody else feels it's ridiculous. The only ridiculous thing is no pursuing something. Now we've using that, people. Like, subscribe, and don't get wide. Catchies.